0: to any Are You Okay? podcast dedicated to disc golf and other things. I'm your host, Alex, and I'm here with Josh.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? We're going to do a little disc golf review. Disc review.
0: Yeah, so I just had mentioned in that last one uh, when I was stuck in a spot and I needed to get out of it. I needed a nice disc to give me a very reliable hyzer and deep hyzer back around basically a degree turnaround for me for it. Um, and I used the Dynamic Discs Justice, which is a very overstable mid-range.
1: Yeah, it's a .5 turn, right? Yes, it is. So that makes it pretty stable. It is. And on top of that, it has a 4 fade. Huh. Oh, so... But see, I've thrown this disc. Yeah? And you would think overstable... With a four fade, it's gonna eyes are hard and early, but it didn't. It's got a it's got a one glide and a speed five, so you don't need a whole lot of uh, you don't need the moment of inertia to be very high. You don't need a lot of snap to get it going. It's, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of lift, so you can, and it's overstable. So what you put into it is uh, is yeah. what it's gonna do. I and like at it the end of it. it you makes can, it really, you can really really reliable. Really Yeah. You can yeah. rely on it to curve back. In fact, when I threw it, I took it on the backhand and I, I said, "Okay, it's a plus four fade. I'm gonna I'm gonna aim at that tree, intending for it to come back this way, right? Not that but I'm, when I'm he's saying that it. he's
0: like, yeah, looking at right. So he's he's a left handed and he's talking about doing it backhand. He's throwing at this tree and he wants to be cut back to the right.
1: Right. So I'm aiming you know, at the basket, throwing left handed. It's gonna fall to the right. So, I aimed at a tree that was far to the left. Far to the left. And I threw straight at that tree, intending for it to fade back at the end of its flight, right to the pin. And it
0: did. Yeah. It did. Super it did. reliable. You can completely count on it to do that. I mean, you could put it on an Anheuser. I mean, it will definitely
1: come back. It is was well, it's pretty good in high wind, right? It's got a glide of one. Yeah. So low amount of lift, you can throw it, you can rely on it in a headwind. Cause it's very not going to so. shoot straight up in no, the air. It's going to fly straight. All. That's great.
0: Yeah. And I have used it that way in a very deep wind to get right up to the basket. It's a really great disc for that because even if you get it low to the ground, it'll just basically smack down into the ground. If it's a very and deep headwind, so it doesn't lift up at all, you can get it up to the basket pretty
1: nicely. Nice. Um, so, it's, it's available in different types of plastics. That's something I don't really understand. So, I'm pretty familiar with the Innova plastics and the Dynamic Disc plastics. They're named the same. C1 Champion.
0: Oh no, you're saying Dismania and Innova.
1: What did I say? Dynamic Disc.
0: Dismania and Dismania and I Innova. Saying.
1: I don't know. Innova? I call him Innova.
0: Innova? In, I don't Anybody know. want to tell us that? You can
1: You can tell us how it's supposed to be pronounced. I'd, I'd love it if somebody would tell me how to pronounce it. Write us an email, gddiscall.gmail.com. See, the reason why I call it Innova is because I'm like innovation. Innova. Innovation. The reason I call it Innova. Innova. Yeah? Because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> It's because of the Nova and Innova. I, Innova. Inova I or Nova. Innova. Innova or Innova. It's about Innova. the enunciation where do you put the enunciation? Innova? Or NOVA? Nobody <laughs> says I know, nobody says uh, I know. So Maybe it's meant to be Einova, because it's Einoba good disc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. He throws disc How
0: can he really say that? It's basically throwing.
1: It's the same plastic. Excellent. So,
0: I mean, it'd be even better if you threw the Link, which is made from a different plastic. I'm
1: pretty Branding sure the Pro Link is made new by Platitude 64, plastic. which is the plastic that I use with dynamic discs. But So what I mean is I don't know the names of the other companies' plastics to know which one would be the Pro or the DX plastic the D-Line compared oh. to the Champion. I, like so you I can do. Tell me, you do, that's right. And so DX DS
0: is a dynamic disc. Is justice. prime. Yes, this, this is a dynamic. This is justice dx or d line is the same as prime plastic in Dynamics. Prime.
1: Okay.
0: Um, prime is the baseline. Then the next one is like pro. Yeah, it's like a mid one. And then after that is like lucid and opto. So,
1: lucid would be like the s line of the star plastic. No, lucid's more like champion. Okay, so so there's okay, so so there's a yeah. So that that this that
0: justice you threw that was a lucid plastic champion plastic. Yeah, so that was a lucid, and there's for maybe S line or yeah for star and S line would probably be like fusion blend and bio fusion. Yeah,
1: that's gonna take me. It's okay. You don't have to. It's just. I it's mean, I would just ideas. ask you if I wanted to get like a Justice and I wanted something that was similar to the star plastic, I'd say, you know, what what kind is this? Yeah, I think you have a few different kinds. And Discraft. Discraft. Uh, I don't know. Do you know theirs? I don't. Titanium is like,
0: it's not like S-Line. Titanium is like metallic or moonshine. So metallic loose. Do they have like the metal? Is flake? like a really, yeah, is it like Metal Flake? Metal Flake okay. could be, or, or the. Moonshine, whatever glue up on the dark one is called. All of those ones tend to be more overstable than they're all like they're all like a sea line plastic with something added to it, so they're even more durable than that sea line plastic typically is.
1: So, does the justice have a bead or not?
0: The justice does have a bead. I've seen some (laughs) reports like on infinite discs that they don't, but what I have, it definitely has a
1: bead. And uh, I've seen some other other reviews that say that this is be... Interesting. So I'm, I'm looking here, and you say that it's comparable to, like, the Cayman that Innova makes, Yeah. And the drone yes. that this craft makes. Now, that's interesting.
0: Yes. So I actually haven't thrown a Cayman. I just know that the, the number's a little bit more for it. So how this came about was or how I came about throwing a justice was, as I originally threw a, a bag of, know, primarily. Right. So yeah, I... What was your go-to? Yeah, my go-to utility disc was a
1: Gator. Wow. Um, that's right. I was banging the Rock 3, and you yes. had the Gator. Man, you were such a surgeon with that. Yes. So so they
0: made the Cayman after the Gator. Yeah. And it's just... It has basically just one more fade. It just fades a little harder than... So it makes it a little bit more overstable than the Gator. Okay. But, so, and I... And they
1: both have higher quality. Yeah.
0: I had... I had the the Gator, and I could get through anything with that. And then I got... Then I was... I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want to have Innova anymore or something. And then I started... Carrie didn't like the drone. He gave that to you, maybe. You tried it out, you didn't I like think,
1: it. I think he gave it to you and you gave it to me. And did I give it to my dad or did I give it back to you? Or Probably back, you? back to
0: me because I liked it.
1: Yeah, no, I but she gave it, like, it back to you and you started actually being able to throw it. Yeah. Because and everybody listening, please get this. Unless you're talking about the groove, any disc that you have, if you learn how to throw it can be a disc that you can use in certain conditions. You have to figure out how to throw the disc and what the disc does. Adapt to the disc, don't buy a disc that you think is gonna perform a certain way.
0: Yes. Make the disc work for you. Right.
1: Yeah. Understand the numbers so you know if it's got a higher fade or a lower fade or these kind of things, but comparing this is the reason
0: the why drum, I swept away switched away from Innova. Because there was such a gigantic disselection, where they just kept filling the gaps in with a little bit that's, more. So I dude, that's get these well, gigantic I like bags and like, what am I doing? Why do I want to have something that has less? Granted, in the end, I've moved to trilogy, but I still end up bagging less. Like I have things, you
1: know. Dude, early on, I do on, have things I that do pay over. Based on what they look like. Yeah. I had a monarch. Which that was, freaking would like when he would flick that thing? Oh, it was a thing of beauty. Would
0: but uh, I learned
1: I learned the disc, you know. Yeah. But I bought it because it looked cool. Yeah. It had it was a tie dye disc, champion tie dye monarch, and I man, and I loved it, and it had a cool little groove in it. Yeah. the bottom side, right? Yeah. I didn't know any, I didn't know what the numbers, meant. nothing about that. Yeah. Know? But I learned how to throw the disc, and I actually switched uh over to Disc Mania for the same kind of reason because they have fewer fewer choices. Yeah. Right? You have a fairway driver. One, yeah. two you have a you know one, two, three, four, you've got a control driver. You've yeah. got a distance driver, a power driver, a yeah. mid range So much and a less. putter. Right? That's your choices. There's no fancy names, you've got a one, two, or three of the putter.
0: Yeah, like the the thing with trilogy, like throwing a trilogy bag is it seems like people who throw a trilogy they, it tend to be kind of dedicated to whatever brand they use in the trilogy, and then may throw a few discs of a different brand. Right. Like I have
1: my explorer have...
0: of Latitude sixty four, but I don't believe I have any other Latitude sixty four discs. But I do have a harp and a sword and a bard
1: of West Side. But I think those they are the other ones. Cool names. I, have. I like the names of those. They found, they sound like a like a fantasy novel.
0: I know, right? I love I love yes. having them because of that too. They do sound like a fantasy novel. They're all like,
1: name, and for me, that's like a that. big part of disc golf. It's not for I man. My favorite thing is watching the flight of a disc, getting the disc to perform the way that you want it to, making it through these tiny little gaps in the trees, floating out the aesthetic of this well Yeah. Me so, too. So, you throw in other cool, fantastical things. Like, I told you, one of the things... That That's why I'm happy to...
0: when I get, like, a really nice form shot going. Oh. Because when you do... When you get your form nice and dialed in, and you go slowly, and it just... It, it looks like it launches out of your hand. And the light that it takes if you're going for, like, a nice anhyzer, it just glides into that anhyzer so nicely and cuts... So nicely backed. Oh, so pretty.
1: Especially with the Justice. Having a four fade, the yeah. Justice is a good Anheuser disc if you want it to flex. You want it to turn over and then come back hard, right? You want to get around a tree and then back around another tree. You're trying to throw a straight shot, but there's obstacles. So you're going to go around this lane and drift back here. You can rely on the Disc Mania or the, the Dynamic Disc Justice. Yeah, to do that, because it's got a good fade. Other discs (laughs) might not have as much fade, and you can use that for a turnover shot, where you want to come around the corner opposite of how you're throwing it. You don't want it to turn over, but in that case, the Justice wouldn't be a good disc, because it does have a high fade. Yeah. Yeah. And if you had a high tailwind, it wouldn't be a very good disc either. Not that it's a bad disc, but it would be the wrong selection for the tailwind, because it's glow is very wide glide is very low. Yeah. And it would get pushed to the ground. So in a headwind, it's better than in a tailwind. Yeah. And if you if you want it to turn over and not flex back, it's the wrong disc. But if you want a beautiful hand hyzer, it's the right
0: disc. Yeah.
1: If you is. want a solid hyzer that you can rely on landing in a very, very close, solid. very good. Through five of them, you'd land within feet of each other, if not on top of each other. Yeah. Right? Because Mm -hmm. it's
0: reliable. Yeah. It basically comes down to your your throw. Because Mm -hmm. of that one glide,
1: you know. It all comes down to your throw, man. Yeah. All right. So there's so much more to disc golf than just the disc. There's also the mental. And this is
0: actually one of the things that we talk about as being uh, very, very important. Yeah. In sure. life and in disc golf. So when I say the mental game, you know, it's, I
1: think it's about everything. Like yeah, the, well, are, while we're talking about how you apply it to disc golf. It's applicable to all aspects of your life. Yeah. Uh, so, so if if we're talking about the mental game, let's talk about some people that have a really good mental
0: I would say, for myself, I would say, oh, actually, there's, there's a few. I think Chris Dickerson. Okay. Don't they call him Robot Chicken? Is that because of his. Because he goes up and he's a robot. He does the same thing
1: oh, so every like, single time. Like Calvin Heimsburg. Extremely, or? yes. Like Calvin, Very, very. Very, very, right? very consistent. So don't they call him Borg? Because he's, he's the same way. To me, it was more like a giraffe. Like he had this, or like a llama. Like he didn't care kind of look on his face. Like he, eh, yeah, I'm playing a competition, whatever. He really didn't seem like he was about to crush a 500-foot drive. He seemed so calm and relaxed. He didn't seem hyper-focused. What was that him? Oh, Memorial. Ah. Yeah. This so Calvin I Heinsberg, asked. in this most recent tournament, uh, played with another person who has a fantastic mental game, Paul Macbeth. I think that's one of the things that sets Paul Macbeth apart. He plays in the present. He doesn't fret if he throws a bad shot, he doesn't fret that it hit a hit a branch and went down and wasn't the perfect drive like it always does. He focused on that next shot.
0: Yeah. He doesn't allow it to affect his future or determine right.
1: his future. He lets go of it after that bad hole. Just like the Buddha and moves on. He's focused on the present. He's yeah. focused on that shot. He's Being not focused present. on Right. He's he's not focused on What he's going to do for his next shot. Like, if I throw this here, what am I going to do after that? How am I going to drive on the next hole? He's not thinking about the shot that he just had. He's thinking about the shot he's throwing.
0: Interestingly enough, and this is why I say this is Thor's everyday life, people who are able to be present in the moment all the time tend to have better self-esteem because... Well, it's the way of the peaceful warrior.
1: It's being in the zone in all aspects of your life. When you eat a piece of chocolate, you don't chomp down on it, swallow it real quick, and miss the whole experience. Mm-hmm. You savor. You might bite into it. You might maybe that's part of the, the appeal. Right. But you're not going to chomp, chomp and swallow and chomp, chomp and swallow and before you know you you're taking the whole it bag. for granted. Yeah. You're taking it for granted. But in that moment, you savor it, like you're saying, applied to all aspects of life. The mental game will give me an advantage. Yeah. Paul McBatt's mental and his ability to be present and ever steady and focused and intense is different than Heinsberg or Chris Dickerson, where it's it's like detached. Right. It's like they play objective disco.
0: Now, on a contrast, while I love him, Simon Lazat plays
1: emotional disco. And so does Nico Latasco. Yeah. There's yeah. some people that just really. They're spirited about the game. If they miss a shot, it, it's crushing. If they make a shot; they're jumping off of a tree and they're like, kicking their heels together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're still fantastic players. They are, and they, they are, you know, have, have great personalities as well. Typically, right? And and they have the mental game as well. You can't be a champion without having a good mental yeah. game. You just can't. That's, if that's you true. don't have a good mental game, we don't know your name. Yeah. So all these, every player, every male player, every female player that we know, we know because they have a good mental game. Sarah Hokin. That's
0: as a matter true. Matter of fact,
1: she's she's got six points. Let's talk about she's so six she's points that she six has. points about the mental game, and it, and it's not just disco, but in for this podcast, let's apply it. Yeah. So her first is what? Her first one is be present. Yes, obviously. Of course it is. Yeah. She,
0: you know, she has some good things here saying, uh, play the shot in front of you and ignore the past
1: and the future. What we were just saying about uh, Paul McBeth. Yeah. Staying in the moment.
0: Ben Hogan, a famous and very successful golfer, said the most important shot in golf is the next one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well... That's true. That's the same thing. Well, of course, it's all fine with being present. Yeah. They're not focused on your last shot or your next shot. Yeah. It's the shot you're throwing.
0: Yeah. So, like, you know, in that being present, you focus on that shot on on top of that shot and that don't focus on the hole. You don't focus on the scores because they're ever just Other
1: the other players. Yeah. The the thing the other things of
0: like being present you have to realize that you you don't focus on the things that are existing outside of your influence because they're outside of that,
1: you know, that's Right. Are you are you in the race looking at the person next to you, trying to see if you're ahead of them or behind them, and by doing that slowing yourself down, or are you the one that's focused on the goal, that's right in front of you, and you don't it, it doesn't matter if you're in last place The middle of the first place, because you're not looking at everyone else around you. You're looking at that goal. That's all exactly. Exactly. You don't know how good or bad you're doing. You're just doing your best. In the moment, that's right. You're present. Doing your best. The second one is developing process goals, not outcome goals. Uh, Oh.
0: So So like if I want to get better at my putts, I should try and focus on getting better at my putts at 15 feet first. Uh, or like for my process is to get putts done at 30 feet or at the edge of the circle, start small. and guarantee my small ones, then build
1: it up. The next ones, and keep on building until I can do the ones that I mat.
0: Or is that an outcome goal?
1: Well, process goals are those things that relate to specific parts of your game that you focus on while executing a shot. These goals shift the mind towards the ideas that you can control. Right? And therefore, actions which you are more likely to be able to execute. Well, outcome goals are more related to winning or losing. Are you doing better than the person next to you? Oh. Right? Well, it's checking you, disc, all throughout the competition while you're walking between holes. Where am I at? What, you yeah, know, if you're yeah. losing focus. You're, you're, you're allowing yourself to become emotional. You should have the same drive and focus if you're 20 shots in front of everybody as if you're 20 shots behind them.
0: So even if you're doing that casual game
1: but, with but your an friends. Out, an outcome goal is, is more than just being present. Don't
0: focus on, on the score that you're going to make with your friends. Focus on the process that it gets to make the basket.
1: Right. You know, you've gone out and you've practiced putting. You feel 100% comfortable 15 feet from the basket. Mm-hmm. Right? You've gone out and practiced your upshots. You feel totally comfortable placing a shot between 100 feet and 200 feet and knowing Where to put a step and where not to, depending on where you want it to go. Those are process goals. Yeah. So when you're out there, you say, okay, I know that I can drive this far. Right. I know that I can throw. if, If I land here, I know the process to get there. Right. For me, I want to break this hole down into three shots. Right. If I happen to do it in two, I'll take that. But I'm going to strive for three. I'm going to stay within what I know I can do. And you focus on that goal. You know, process goals are more related to things that you have control over. Trusting what you can do based on what you've done.
0: Which is an extension of that being present. You're being present, so you're focusing on the things that you can control, which is the process to get to the hole or to get to the basket.
1: Right. Who cares Mm -hmm. where anybody else landed?
0: Or what their score is. Or what their score is. Or even what your score is
1: at the end of the game. Are you going to think to yourself, "I did the best that I could." Yes, that's the key, right? And that's a mastery mindset. Uh-huh. And Her third goal is exist in a mastery mindset. A mastery mindset isn't is oriented on improving yourself, becoming the best that you can be, right? Measuring yourself relative to your last shot. The last time that I played this course, I got a plus five. Right. five. I'm going to try for a plus four because you know what? I know I can do that. It doesn't matter how gradual or how much public recognition you get. Right. It's not what you're doing it for. You're doing it to be better than you were last time. And even if you end up with a plus five or a plus seven, mm-hmm. if you feel more confident in your form, if your shots made it but you, your putt wasn't there, Right. Or, you know, the mastery mindset is, did you do the best you could? Did you learn from your errors? Right? Not anybody else. Be effective. Not affected. Do what you do and don't let other other people impact your game plan. Mm-hmm. For example, if you get up to a shot and you know you can throw a right-hand, backhand, and that's what you've been practicing, and you're confident with your ability to three it, or potentially birdie it. Right? And someone comes up and throws a left hand, backhand, which for you would be a forehand. Or maybe someone comes up and throws a forehand, but it's a different line. And they land next to the basket. Right. And you go up and try to match their shot. It's not a shot you've practiced. It's not a shot that you're good at. It's not a part of your game plan. You let their behavior affect you. You went up and you said, well, that worked really well. I never thought of that line. Let me try that. Right. Or change your disc based on the disc they throw. Not because you use their shot to determine the win speed and all that for your own advantage, but because you let their game affect your game. Stick to your game plan. You made it. That's true. It's it have faith it's true. in yourself. have
0: faith in your game plan.
1: Yeah. And if you're if you make a mistake, do you learn from it or do you beat yourself up for it? hmm Right? Mm-hmm. I never lose. I either win or I learn. Right, I never lose. That's a mastery mindset. Self-confidence. And that's what you need in life too. I didn't screw that job up. I learned how not to do it next time. I didn't screw that relationship up. I learned what not to do next time. I learned who not to choose next time. I learned how to do it better. That's self-improvement. That's a mastery mindset. And everybody whose name that plays disc golf that you know has it.
0: So, her next one, number four, is to stay positive. Yeah. Uh, either exist with no emotions on the course or have positive ones. There's really no room in there to have uh, the negative emotions. All that does is really, you know, it'll increase your blood pressure and your heart rate. creates that kind of fight or flight anxiety type feeling. And that right. does nothing to actually help you in your game.
1: So. Well, it's going to make you more shaky because you're going to have more adrenaline. You're not mm-hmm. going to be as smooth, which makes for more room for air and your release and your snap. Yeah. Uh, your heart rate—it's like when you shoot a gun. Yeah. You don't. That's true. You breathe in and you hold it. Actually. You squeeze. It's it's all. You guys always make fun of me
0: for my drive, but.
1: <laughs> we don't make fun of you. We make fun of. How long it takes. But i but are super why is, impressed how absolutely consistent your form is.
0: Yes. So that consistency, right at the start, I breathe. I do that. I breathe. I take a breath. I release it. I take another breath, and I release it slowly. And when I get to that end, I go. And I don't breathe. Like, I don't consciously breathe in that time. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. my release and my go. Right. And that's my...
1: I trigger it. But staying my... positive is also all related to everything we're saying. I mean, you might have thrown a yeah. bad shot or the wind might have but carried it. But you keep yourself you might calm. Hit That's tree. my thing with that. Yeah.
0: You know, you, you don't you let things go. You know, if you, you, if, you, if you have anger, for one. For one, if you're having anger and frustration, you are not being present. That means that you are focusing on that moment. Yeah, and moving on with that emotion, you're taking an emotion from the your, past your goal. and letting it
1: affect your future or your present. You're, you're your letting present. it throw you off in your game, right? The, and it goes and staying positive, And this is just my opinion. It's good to stay positive, but positive is a balance. You don't want to become elated. True. Have you ever yes. have you ever thrown a birdie or an ace, and the next shot is a bogey, or the next one yes. is a bogey?
0: So here on in the positive in the staying positive on four, she does say that, you know, have only positive ones. You know, either exist with no emotions or have positive ones, keeping your net emotional state above zero. But I imagine even the best is probably keeping your net emotional state around zero.
1: Yeah, kind of the like they're saying with
0: the Calvin Heinberg
1: and Chris Dickerson, right? they're flat. They
0: do not let that emotional
1: at, state. At the end, spoiler alert. Pause this if you haven't seen Memorial which why not, but if you haven't at this point, he wins. Mm -hmm. Boom. And they're like, oh, oh, is he going to smile? Is he going to crack a smile? And he nearly did. You could see like a (laughs) twinkle in his eye, but his mouth almost, it moved like one centimeter, and they were like, oh, oh. And then right back to the same, like just like his face was, like he was wearing a mask. But no, I mean, he was focused. He was calm. He wasn't emotional. He didn't let his good shot throw him off of his game anymore, any more than his bad shot. True. If he was planning to land somewhere and he landed further and he thought to himself, oh, man, I'm totally in, like, eagle zone. I just threw further. I just threw further than I was planning, and that throws him off of his game plan. Yeah. Instead of just going up there, being present, being positive and confident and saying, I've got this. I'm not worried about what I could do. Which actually brings along do. number five,
0: which is to embrace the nervousness.
1: Uh, why would you embrace your
0: nervousness? Well, because to embrace your nervousness, you need to be able to know you're believing in yourself and that you can hit those shots that might cause you to feel like you're nervous.
1: So, like, practice
0: Well, like, being practice just- deep breathing. You take your deep breathing and calm yourself and know
1: oh, so that you don't can like, commit so don't yourself focus, to that. So don't focus on being yes. on, on your nervousness. Don't focus on it. Embrace it. Yes. Right? Don't oh Just my like God, you I'm have nervous. to work through your emotions right? to get through things. like You have to work through. You can't like just
0: push things away. You have to embrace that nervousness. Know that, yes, you right. have these pressures
1: on you, but you can still. How am I going to perform with a gallery of 2,000 people? Yes. You can still perform. I might have played some tournaments and done really well, but the most that I've ever had is the people on my card watching me. Right. Now I've got crowds in each hole watching me. You know how difficult it is when you walk up and you're like, people are like, oh, go ahead and play through this. Like a group of six and you're by yourself. And you're nervous. Yeah. And you're like, okay, okay, don't shank this. You hit first available. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and you go up there and you flick it and you like walk real fast. (laughs) fast, (laughs) Always.
0: Always. Oh, you know? Nowadays, I usually make a comment about that right before I go. I'm like, no, no, I think you guys should go. I mean, you know, I'll probably shank it because you guys are sitting here and just putting put all this here, pressure on me.
1: Putting this, but if you embrace the nervousness and you breathe through it, then you practice throwing. Yeah. And then you're going to have Because the, the reality
0: confidence. of it is, is it's still the same process for you to get to the basket as you would as if you were playing alone by yourself?
1: If you allow that nervousness to overthrow your mastery mindset, what you're going to end up doing is throwing off your game plan. And instead of having the smooth, confident, and slow form that you need to get that proper amount of snap, you're going to shank it.
0: And, and it, this also brings us to number six, which is a big one with Josh. He does this very much so. And I do as well, but I think he does it even farther with, with visualizing. So... Uh, you know, meditating the morning of your event, seeing yourself throwing all of the throws yeah. on the
1: course—that's um, that's forming the game plan. I mean, like you—you're right. I do do that. Like, yeah. When you say form a game plan to me, that's like the night before I go and play. I sit down and I think about the course. And I think about what disc I'm gonna throw. How? What's it? If it was perfect conditions, what would it throw like? If the line matched the way I was gonna throw it, what would I? Okay, so I'm gonna throw an FD on the first hole, or maybe an MD three, depending on the conditions.
0: What well, hole would this be?
1: Hole one, GT Bread.
0: Yeah, and how does that hole one go at
1: GT A Bunch of trees, and the basket slightly to the left. So straight, and just cut to the left at the very end. Yeah, but there's some trees in front. It's best for me if I throw if I throw a real flat but hard. Wait, one, at a GT
0: break? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's there's a so there's a. But I needed to. I needed. There's to a, a lane to the left. Hold, yeah. And yeah, and it
1: cuts back to the right at the end. Yeah. Oh, I said to the left, didn't I? Yeah. Once again, mixing up my left and right. Not yeah. an expert.
0: So there's this. So if you if you're facing from the pad looking when directly at the basket, it. there's a lane that goes off to the left, maybe I don't know, like uh 25 30 degrees, and that lane then cuts back to the right to the basket. You know, I don't know, probably like 50 feet from the basket. You can kind of go down the middle. You can take an up a shot through the trees in the top. There there are a lot of trees directly right in front of you uh, that you can hit pretty easily. Um, you could do a backhand, uh, a right hand backhand Anheuser off of the pad, uh, to get to the basket. I typically do a forehand flick as a right hander, but so yeah, this is the hole he's talking about. He, and this is how he was visualizing it. The day before he's thinking about, I can go up there. I can use my FD.
1: Right. MD3. Or my MD3 and I can place it probably pretty close to the pin and within putting range. And he's a a left
0: hander. So for him, it would be a very natural backhand.
1: And, you know, and then I carry myself through each of the course. But visualizing, if you're going to apply it to more than just your game, apply it to your life. When you wake up in the morning, do some meditation. Think about mm-hmm. how your day's going to go. That's true. Right? Visualize you how your day is going to go. You don't actually know how it's going to go, but if you put yourself in the mindset that it's going to go okay, and you've already thought you lived through it, what are the things that I have to do? What do I have to accomplish yeah. today?
0: Even in her visualizing here and, you know, thinking about your disc golf and like your everyday life. Give yourself a preview of your potential distractions that you actually face oh, yeah. that day or face for your Chammals, event.
1: Cameras, unfriendly card mates, galleries. What about a dog barking or someone driving by and honking? Yeah, what type of
0: distractions can you face, you know? And, and the thing is, is, um, is in knowing about it, is, is how you're going to deal with those distractions.
1: You know, it's interesting. Are you going to
0: throw it or are you going to be able to catch yourself and then also be able to reset and make that same throw? Be present in the second try of the throw that you're doing. Because if there's unwanted distraction, obviously, all distractions are typically unwanted. But uh, if there's a distraction during your throw and you're able to catch yourself from shanking it, if you get that re-throw, then how are you going to perform that? You want to be present in that moment and do
1: a proper throw as well. So I actually was teaching my son meditation and he'd get distracted really easily. Yeah. You know, oh, what's this sound? What's that sound? As we all do. You know, mm-hmm. when you're first learning to meditate, you have to learn how to close out all the sounds around you and get into the mind sphere, if you will, right? The place where you can visualize. You're going to take your mind craft to nothingness and you're going to add each, each piece, each element to it. For me, I throw in the course. I think about the lines of the course, right? Mm-hmm. I visualize it. But while I was teaching my son, Early on you don't think when you when you're practiced at anything, you don't think about some of the steps that a beginner has to take. True. Yeah. Right? With like with this golf, you see somebody throw the wrong way and you automatically want to say something. Yeah. But so when you teach somebody something, you, you go back to the basics. And one of the things that's basic about it, all of this, staying positive, embracing your nervousness, visualizing what are the distractions being in the moment, you have yeah. to have control of your thoughts, right, of that mind sphere. So meditation helps you. It's like exercising your mind. And so when I was teaching my son how to meditate, he'd get real distracted. And so I was telling him, listen, you have to learn how to tune that out. And he would sit there and he would close his eyes, and I would snap (laughs) my fingers (laughs) randomly, right? And he would have to not be distracted by it which taught him, really, it made it a fun way for him to start tuning that out. He got really good at it, yeah. you know, it, which is an important step. Like if you know that you can get into that mindset. When I throw, I think I get up to the pad, I think about my shot, I stand where I need to stand, I think about how I'm going to throw it, I get into my throw, I get right about all the way into my reach back. Mm-hmm. And as I start to come forward, I black out. Me too. Right. I go Me into too. this, I go into this zone of, I'm, I'm committed to the shot. I'm committed. My body is in place at this point. The only thing that I have to do is pull this through, snap, follow through. And that's when I come out of it and I watch the shot go. Me too. Right. I completely got a blackout. In that moment, you don't want to be thinking. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be distracted. And if someone goes, yeah, right when you're throwing, you could, have that gut reaction to tense up, tighten up, fight or flight, and shank your shot. You could be distracted, or you could be Calvin Hinesburg. And people could do that. You know. even here. You're, you're already to blacked out. You're in that zone. You're committed to the shot.
0: Or there was even. Uh, I mean, that's that's good too. Being committed to the shot, or knowing that it like if it does affect you, be like Ricky right, in uh, Las Vegas. I can't remember if it was that or Memorial where he was putting. Oh, that was Vegas. You mean when he like? <laughs> he, oh my. It was but amazing. He did make his second attempt.
1: If, if that had been me, the disc would have flown three feet out of my fingers, flopping to the ground as I tumbled behind it. But he yeah. stopped himself, like, on his tiptoe.
0: Something happened, and he uh, uh, felt it was wrong, and he caught himself.
1: But he had the confidence in his own throw to know that it was off. Yes. He said, this is not my best. Exactly. There's something off, and he was able to stop it before he committed, before he went into that blackout zone.
0: I mean, he had a little weird wobble thing then, but uh, when he took his second attempt, he was able to reset, refocus, be present again, not let that affect
1: him, and then
0: then then make the shot.
1: Make the shot, and he did. Yeah. And any pro that you can talk about is going to have a really positive, powerful mind game. Yeah. And so the mental game whether it's disc golf or real life, is fundamental. Yeah. You have to have a good mental game. It's imperative that you exercise your mind to the point where it's in your tool bag. Your mind has to be a part of how you throw. I mean, yeah. we were talking earlier when we were talking about discs and how I bought discs early on because of how they looked and how cool they were and mm. not any of the numbers. I, I didn't mean anything to me. Right. I figured out how the disc flew after I bought it. I wasn't committed to them. I wasn't thinking. I was. Yeah. I was the untrained mind. Yeah. You know. But now he's got a trained mind. Right. And, but it's taken time. And, yeah. and these pros, these people that we watch, these guys with these amazing, uh, Emerson Keith. I mean, just the pure amount of tournaments that he played in a year. Yeah. The commitment. The yeah. Drive. The the. The positive confidence, the, the mastery, the confidence—yeah—all these things come from a positive mental game. Yeah, and you could apply that to anybody: Jay Z, Eminem, Bill yes. Gates. These people that have pushed on Bezos, F- a, a positive mental game. Epstein, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. terrible. Yeah, I looked at you like, is he going to notice? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anybody that's successful, even if it's not somebody that's massively successful, people that have a successful relationships mastered the mental game. Yeah. You know, you don't argue when you're pissed off. I mean, of course, everybody argues when you're pissed off, but do you have the mental acuity to step out of it, calm yourself down, give them a chance to calm down, and then discuss rationally, whatever it was you were disagreeing about? True. You know? Yeah. And that's maturity.
0: Exactly. Maturity
1: comes from learning from your errors, right? And that's that mental gain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to, yeah. You have to learn from your errors, and and in learning from your errors, you have to be able to take responsibility for your actions in those
1: errors. You can't learn from your errors if you don't take responsibility or accountability. If you're not willing to admit that you're making errors, you can't learn from them. That's right. If you're too egotistical to say that you were able to do something wrong and you were mistaken, you'll never learn from those mistakes. Yeah. How could you possibly learn from a mistake if you don't think you've made one? So yeah. I did everything perfect. It's the world that sucks. It's if if that tree didn't grow a branch down right then at that moment.
0: Yeah. Well yeah. now
1: listen. I used to
0: hug trees all the time on the course, and I don't do that anymore because it's not like it's not that I don't love nature. It's that it's not
1: He doesn't want to be a tree hugging hippie No.
0: He it's, showers it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's 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 not that it's the terrible. the tree is some type of fault in, in my hitting it, it's in my own fault and how I right, threw it. Right, that's
1: the mythos, or, that's the beginner mind thing. Yeah. Right, but it's fun. It's fun. Like I, I, I when I take my kids to the golf course, some there was a little knot in the tree and somebody drew like a door on it. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They took like a felt marker and I drew a little door on it. And it's in this tucked in little like knot in the tree that's near the base of the tree. And my kids are like, because I took them to the disc golf course, why not? Yeah. Get them started early. And uh, they're like, what's that? And I'm like, that's the doorway. To the disc golf gods, disc golf gods, yeah, they sit in the trees, they watch the flights. (laughs) Sometimes they bless you and that flight works perfectly. And sometimes they curse you and a bird flies out of the air and the wind gusts from its wings. Just shoot us down and hit the ground the wrong way. Yeah. And they watch and they, and you have, that's why you have to be respectful of the flight it's the mythos. It's not true. It's fun.
0: It's funny. Like, I, I do say that about trees. I don't hug trees anymore, but I still, you know, I still try and refrain from saying
1: nice while somebody's disc is in flight. That's science, though. When yes. you say nice, yeah. the sound waves that it creates are different from when you say, oh, cool. Great shot. Yeah. Right? Shot. It's not as harsh as nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Right? Uh, No, I don't. I know it's great to find things outside of yourself to blame. But if you can't take accountability for your mistakes, you'll never grow. You'll never learn. And being able to admit that you're wrong is a mature thing. Yes. And you can't be mature without mastering the The mental mental game.
0: game. So let's wrap this up here to go over, once again, Sarah's
1: rules here.
0: Yeah. Number one is
1: be present. Two is develop process goals and not outcome goals. Three is exist in a mastery mindset. Four is stay positive. Five is embrace
0: nervousness. And, and six, six is visualize. visualize. And always, always,
1: always commit to your throw. And remember, this is also a good one. Always remember my four Ps: Practice, put, and always believe in Exactly. Thanks for listening. This has been Josh. And Alex. Also, you can email us with any questions at gddiscgolf at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram page at gddisc underscore golf.
0: Or find us on Facebook at GDDG. And you can probably look up tags on Instagram of.
1: Hashtag GBBG, and you'll see a lot of the videos. I tag that in every video. Yeah, and also, you
0: know, uh, on the Facebook page, please feel free to go there and comment or reply to any questions that we've asked. Like, how do you pronounce? Inaba, (laughs) Inaba. Anyways, I know you. On the next episode. of...